Robbie and I'm on. Hey, hello, Robbie. Ernie. Brent here. All right. So this is Uber, whatchamacallit, whatchamacallit. Is anybody there? Anybody there? I'm here, but I'm, I'm hearing, hearing an echo, I'm hearing when, you echo when you talk. I'll call back. I'll call back. Okay. Okay. Ernie, are you still there? Ernie, are you still there? I'm still hearing an echo. I'm still hearing an echo. I'll hang up and tall. I'll hang up and tall. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, hello? Hello? Hello, this is Ernie. This is Brent. This is Robbie. Hey. You tried to that work? I can hear you. Yay. Okay. Yes, I, uh, in all the excitement this morning, I totally forgot to set up the Uber conference, which will actually do a dial out uh, as well oh. as record. So normally yeah. we could do that on our podcast, but uh, anything that comes out that doesn't belong, let us know. Ah, and a little, what a day. A little trouble. Yeah. I missed some of what you said there, Ernie, but I, I caught what a day. <laughs> how, did yes. this, how did this morning go? It was great. It was, it was. It was great. Well, what? Uh, it was great in um, by the traditional measures of success. A lot of things went wrong. By our <laughs> measures of success, everything happened that we could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a much smaller group. Well, we had four people show up, um, and um, everybody was fully engaged. We had some technical difficulties, and uh, we ran over time. But I think everybody felt uh, close at the end of the time, and we engaged Scripture in a meaningful way. And I think people were stirred to listen more to Jesus and look for him to do miracles when we follow him instead of living out of our uh, expertise and, you know, whatever. So I think uh, I was very happy with it. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was, it was a great counterpoint to how we did things in a much more uh, sort of marching them through in a, coordinated fashion. Uh, uh, I think the one, the only real weakness, I think, is because the structure was, I think you were experimenting a bit more with the structure. If someone else Uh was starting next week, they would have a challenge figuring out what it is they were supposed to do. Right, okay. Yeah, so that's a a challenge, not really a problem, I think, as you, Uh well, which is also an opportunity, I suppose, if someone wanted to riff on your format, they'd probably feel more comfortable, whereas with mine, they might feel more freshman just ready to conform to what I did. So that's one half dozen of the other. Right. Anyway, uh, that was just uh, our review. We wanted to really leave this time for you, Brent. Any questions you had and uh, how we can help? Well, uh, yeah, I do have a number of questions. Um, I think I remember you talking about franchising, but when I looked at the draft of franchising GBJ, I I had a bit of a catch. I said, oh, wait a minute. Did I just join a multi-level marketing thing? <laughs> and and I don't think we did, but uh, right? <laughs> right, yes. So, you know, the, uh, the yeah. So uh, uh, are you being serious or are you being snarky? I'm just curious. No, well, I mean, I'm, I've got I've got to try and convince a group of strangers to you that uh, I have an interesting idea that is going to require them to do a to step up quite a bit level uh, additional level of of involvement, and um, you know, I don't know that I would call it a franchise to them. So, I mean, I think you're using franchise because 
the the concept of franchise works is the best way that the model could be seen. I mean, you know, it's this, this uh, you're planting groups uh, for discipleship, and you're you're trying to get them to kind of work the same way. So you have a style, you have a process, and uh, you know, coming as as uh, as a computer guy from uh, from the Bay Area who's tried to do things like this before, franchises is not a bad word for you. I mean, you know, I mean, people that usual person thinks franchise the same way, and they go, oh. You know, but uh, that's that's my that's my thought. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking more. Like, the funny thing about Amway is it's literally the opposite of a franchise. Yeah. Right? Because sure. in, in, in economics, a franchise is you have an exclusive right to a certain group, a population, and that's what gives you economic rent. And the the the, the curse, you know, the economic curse we have of Amway is that you have no franchise and everyone's competing for the same customer. Uh, yeah. It's a very unhelpful Anyway. Regardless, you're yeah. not required to use the word franchise. You're not required to use the term DBJ. You're not required to do anything. We just want you to succeed. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, these are things that we think will help us build the network, which helps each other succeed. But the rest is up to you. And this is just a draft anyway, uh, uh, explicitly, just to get some feedback. Uh, yeah, you know, and so uh, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm thinking as I look more uh, – you know the the idea of the cost that's you know that's like you know that's like buying a book you know <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a it's a book cost i don't know if you planned on that being that way but uh yeah the 14 dollar i mean somebody's gonna yeah. look at that and say well that's not unreasonable that's like buying a book and i mean that's what i would say it's the same cost as buying a book and so yeah uh you know, it that's that's not a bad problem, and uh, you know, even even making it even less is a voluntary donation. Um, that's that's fine too. Uh, the one of the things I'm I'm looking at is that I've got I've uh, been working with these guys for on and off for six plus years. At an you know in a traditional Bible Bible study model, and uh, of uh, one hour, and so my question is, you know, gee, I mean, is uh, you know, I could I could re I could see pushing it through, but at the same time, uh, you know, I I you know, it's just how how useful would that be to try and do something that would go an hour or two. Maybe I could get it to stretch to an hour and a half. I mean, I'm going to talk to the guys and, and let them see and, and 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 stuff like that. But I think an hour is actually too little, don't you? So I think when I was thinking about this, um, the one part where time uh, benefits from being elastic, for me, actually, is the first question. So yeah. Just to kind of think about my uh, philosophy of this. Uh, you know, I'm kind of summarizing it. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but to see Jesus and then go through a process where we can be Jesus, right? The word and spirit, body and blood. And to me, those, um, that to me is the heart of the process. And the actual questions, I just kind of threw together. I'm not that married to them. Uh, but this idea of uh, communion and of coming to the cross is really what's central for me. The, yeah. um, the, the skill I'm trying to cultivate is really the skill of gratitude. In particular, my belief is that the most powerful force in the universe is rejoicing amidst unjust suffering. Yeah. And therefore, the more we can train people to look at the things that happened in their life that normally they'd be tended to complain about, vent at, blame other people for, and say, oh, I see Christ in this. And Robbie and I have had our own little crash course in that. Uh, in the last 24 hours with some of the different hiccups we've had. And I want to really commend Robbie, by the way, uh, because he mentioned that he is a perfectionist. And I saw Robbie crucify his perfectionism today during that DBJ session. Uh, because all sorts of little things went wrong. I'm sure many things didn't happen the way he intended. And many things he intended didn't work as well as he hoped. Uh, but he did not uh, try to micromanage or control things to make them work out. 
he really just surrendered to it. And I really saw God work through that and in him and in some of the people there. Uh, that was really powerful. And so that's the reason why I think that, you know, in some ways, actually, when it works poorly, it can go really fast. But if it works well, people will be saying, and, and my heart with this pitch format is, is actually that people start engaging in dialogues. Mm-hmm. But not everyone jumps in, but the person who's asking the question said, oh, uh, you know, and, and people will say, well, what did you, find? kind of the, uh, the Cowboy Timothy question of what do you find challenging or exciting? It's kind of the, the, the flip side of what were the, the challenging things that it was hard to see Jesus in, but you pressed in or did or want to? And what were the exciting things that you want to see Christ working in? To try to reshape our perspectives to see Christ on both ends of the spectrum. Uh-huh. And with six people, if they're not that talkative, um, you know, if they're, you know, uh, uh, then, you know, an hour four, it's okay. But I think that as that gets deeper, I mean, that's actually one way to do it, depending on the culture. If you guys are actually, if they're not that talkative, one hour is actually fine. People just share one yeah. or two sentences. That's kind of happened with us. And then if people really start getting emotionally and into it, then they'll probably, they might be willing to. And the way I can phrase it to you, actually, look at what we're doing now for our cheat code, is where we say, okay, 90 minutes, that's what we sign up for. That's what we're going to keep it to as best we can. But we're going to add a padding. So people who really want to socialize early for a half hour. And those yeah. who want to sit around and pray about stuff afterwards. And so we would say, it's going to be an hour formal session. But I'm asking you, for those of you who are interested, to block out an additional half hour where we can do some debriefing and extra prayer afterwards. Yeah, no, and and I was I was just going to say that same thing. What you know, you can they say no, I don't I don't have a half hour and a half. But once you get into it, you can you come up to the time frame. Yeah, well, of course these guys can stay longer. Most of them don't have uh, commitments back to back. So you know, uh, now here's a here's a here's an ignorant question. I don't see any. There are no ignorant questions. Only only ignorant answers. Okay. Uh, you know, we we talked about Matthew. Uh, 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 what was it last night? Matthew 11. No. What was our scripture reference last night or today? Uh, Luke 5. Luke. Luke. Wow, well, I wasn't even. I wasn't even close. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, Luke 5. Now, each each of these seven sessions that we have, is there a place where you've got where the where those uh, the passages are that we're going to be looking at? Do I is that anywhere yeah. on? website yeah so it's actually directly from the franchise page under the word playlist so yes that was probably too obscure of a term it wasn't obvious but, uh, after wrestling with different terms i just ended up calling it a playlist of the six passages we're going through no i like that okay wait a minute let's see i'm here i'm here 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 uh oh i don't see playlist it says the the, the Delhaven by Jesus playlist format and playlist. I can just text it to you real quick. It's not that hard to find on the once you know the words to look for. And I sent this in the chat. Funny thing. Um my uh, father-in-law, for his, he said his Friday session, he did, I wonder, like, I wonder if it would be easier if we had the verses ahead of time so we could study them. And so I just want to send it out to the group me, but he said, oh, but I also wonder if it's better if we don't look at it ahead of time so yeah. that it's fresh. Yeah. And uh, I've gone back and forth on that myself in various ways. I will give you one data point on this, though, uh, for what it's worth. I did an experiment. Uh, I don't do sermons anymore. Uh, but they asked me to preach at my church before they knew any better. And so I did this thing where I said, okay, everyone here is charismatic church. You believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You believe that God speaks to everyone. Let's put it to the test. Uh, I did four volunteers who were willing to believe that God speaks uh, to us through the Holy Spirit. They said, okay, what I'm going to leave you four Bible verses, and I'm going to send you on a room, and then you're going to come in and tell us what you think God told you about this passage. The funny thing was, the first person, seeing your godly lady, like a patron saint of the church, she opened this passage 
was the feeding of the 5,000 in the four different mm-hmm. Gospels. And she said, wow, I am seeing so many things here I never saw before. And she <laughs> went first. Yeah. And the guy who went last, who had 30 minutes to think about it, gave a traditional sermon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so I think... What are it's worth? That's the one data point I have. Well, but see, I think that's a very valid statement. I think I think what, you know, the word renews every morning in our heads and our hearts. And I think when we get the chance to prepare, uh, I think we lose some of that spontaneity. And, uh, you know... We can almost make the case, it makes more sense to be sending out the passage from last week to remind people to look at it afterwards. Exactly. Uh, rather than studying it in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so. To run the uh, thing, you need a list. So. Well, this is good. Um, I just, I still, I'm still really flummoxed. I can't figure out where that, where that link came from. I couldn't find it any other place. But uh, I'm printing it out so I don't lose it. Uh, <laughs> okay, now I'm back at franchising. No, I'm not. Yeah, I am. But then I lost the six questions or the seven yeah, questions. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I need to um, hmm. uh, make that more seamless somehow. What I should have done really is probably have one for this session, which has the questions and the verses in one place where I can easily link to it. I'll try. I'll probably do that just for my own sake next week, so I'm not clicking through multiple pages. Uh, so by yeah. next Thursday, I promise you, I'll have it. Uh, like I said, this this will, this was hopefully the worst uh, session we've ever had. Uh, and uh, although I, I think you probably may have lowered the bar in some dimensions. And either way, you know, mm-hmm. keep getting better and learning stuff. And you know, yeah, we'll, we'll be way better by next Thursday. I, I want to say, and, I, and by your Tuesday, I don't have expectations. I have, well, I have expectations that I'm going to learn some stuff from God that I didn't, that I haven't heard yeah. before, uh, or yeah. it's going to be reaffirmed or stuff like that. So I don't, you know, you 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 don't you don't need to apologize in front of me. I'm 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 cool for it. So, you know, I think, I think uh, the, the only other thing is you, you talked about wanting to re, me to record every session and I'm a little nervous about, I, I will talk to them about it, but I'm think I'm not sure they would like to record it if they didn't know what was going to happen to it. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I realize it's different for an existing group. That was the question I had was whether this yeah. was a new group or an existing group and existing yeah. groups with a sort of a social contract, what's going on. It's really hard. On the other hand, let me just tell you that one of the reasons we do the online recording and it's a weird thing that occurred during the great reset, but uh, one of the challenges of being a Christian in America is it doesn't mean much. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there's a sort of implicit distrust of people who show up. And mm-hmm. there's something interesting that happens when they say, okay, we're all going to get up here and stand on this stage together vulnerably in public, that I think is an intrinsic part of bonding the group together. If you're like, yeah, these people are serious. Uh, and I'm not sure that that's the case, but that's kind of the gut instinct I have from seeing what's happened. But in your mm-hmm. case, you already have a group that's bonded together in other reasons. So it's less important for that, for the intrinsic purpose. Obviously, from the branding and virality purpose, it'd be nice to have more of these things out there. But yeah. Not, not a, uh, the only downside of that is I'm sorry I can't take any money from you if you're not actually broadcasting it live. Oh. <laughs> if I can do the first three. You don't get to do the the number four. So. Yeah. Uh, Robbie asked the question. I'm curious precisely how you can identify what you experience that you want to carry in your existing group. Well, uh, this group started out uh it all started out when one guy who no longer attends our church when i when a a a men's uh ministry had a big to do and they had a speaker come from uh, oregon and i was asked if i would run a uh a response group during that saturday morning and i said sure 
when I got there, I discovered that they not only expected that, but they expected six follow-up meetings. And uh, that was 10 or 11 years ago, and I, I got roped in, and I never could figure out how to get out of it. Because then it moved into a time of prayer, and this one guy, this older guy that, that I considered to be uh, one of my mentors, which is interesting, when I was younger, I didn't like him at all. And uh, we just, I just kept doing men's things and we'd have, we'd have a time of prayer and that, that ended. And then we got, we moved into doing a Bible study and then, uh, you know, and so uh, we've been, I call it the old guys Bible study. And we, we meet Tuesday mornings. We're one of a number of Bible studies that we're meeting at church and we'd meet at six because the women had their big Bible study. And we were, we were, you know, there, I, that, I, I plowed that. I, I had a very fruitful harvest time when I let the women know that I was there running a Bible study. All of a sudden I had three guys show up again, you know, their wife said, you're going, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I mean, and these are guys that are in there. Uh, I, I was the youngest for a while in the, my mid sixties. And then the other guys are in their seventies. Most of them are long retired and from a wide variety of things. One of them is a former missionary and, and we just have gotten to be pretty close. And I mean, we have, our format has been right now since the church joined right now media, you know, I would, uh, the big joke was, you know, I, I look through appropriate studies out of uh, uh, right now media because they got to have a video of 10 minutes or less. And they got to have downloadable <laughs> study notes that are free because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to spend any money and stuff. And so we, we just get going and we, you know, we, we have a time of prayer and we have a time of talking. And, you know, there's uh, one or two guys that don't talk much at all. Uh, they, they wait till the end and then they talk and they're very, uh, it's very good. There are other guys that, that talk too much, you know. And so, you know, I'm just trying to introduce them to the idea of, and I've always been trying to introduce them to what, what I call the DMM mindset, disciple making mindset. I, you know, often in my sessions, but tell me what you could do with this specifically with somebody this week. Any, any idea. And many times there aren't, but you know, and then I'll throw out a few things and stuff and they, you know, they, they really like it. We just added the newer young guy, uh, uh, Ukrainian fellow who's been who works with refugees in town, and he's been going to our church for a long time. But I don't know, you know, the the, the notice went out, and and we get we get people. Mine's one of the smaller men's Bible studies. I don't know if that's because Tuesday is not as good as Friday or or what. But you know, I'm just trying to think: can I push these guys a little bit more, particularly as we are entering this? really uh, problematic opportunity and challenge of reopening again. And what is it doing? Because most of the the guys are in this, uh, in this friendship class that got told they can't meet on Sundays. They have to meet on Thursdays and they got all, they got frustrated and hurt. Yeah. So I'm saying, Hey, can we use God? What can you do to stimulate us to greater things? For you in the midst of these transitions, uh-huh. so that's why I was. Oh, no, 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 no. About. Oh, all right, and the other thing I was thinking about. So yeah, the uh, well, yeah, I, I know, oh, that's the other thing. Obviously, if you're meeting in person, recording is weird. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that was for me was a remarkable thing about COVID, is that a suddenly everyone was in Zoom, and and the, yeah. about digital is that like uh, there's a big difference between just like having a little extra red light going versus setting up a camera and microphones in the middle of a room. Oh yeah. If you're doing this online in person, it's really hard for me to imagine how it feels natural to record it. Um, now, but here's the interesting thing. Uh, maybe I could uh, pitch you on. I know this is even more insane, but <laughs> if you're if you're is that if your church is, uh, you know, like restricting groups because they can't do in-person stuff on Sunday because of the number of people, uh, maybe you could find some people to convince to do an, uh, a virtual thing on a Sunday. Um, maybe not this group of people, but it's something to think about. Yeah. Well, and, and I, you know, I'm looking at this as, hey, uh, you know, guys, let's let's try this out and see how it works. And you know, I, I don't know if it's going to work or 
I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm interested to see if if we can see how Christ, Jesus might minister to us. Uh, about three years ago, three or four years ago, we actually did a six-session discovery Bible study. You know, I, mm. I pulled it out of, you know, and and it uh, it was it was good, but you know what? I, what why I was attracted to this because of my experience doing that in Fresno, and I, I was saying, hey, you know, I. I like this idea about weird and, and Western and can we, can we take this and, uh, and adapt it? And that's, I mean, that's one of the great things about the whole church planning movement, discovery, Bible study, disciple making movement is that it keeps working where people say it's not going to work. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the whole idea is working all over the country right now, but you know, we're not, we're not talking about it because there's so much else going on normally, but I mean, you have all these, you know, uh, in San Jose, Houston, North Carolina, you have quite quite extensive networks of stuff going on. And I've always thought, I you know, I love, you know, I I didn't want to say this to my church because they'd say do it, you know, because our church used to have the mindset of, you know, it, you know, they our church would see 250 conversions a year, and you go, wow. that that's outrageous, you know, but but they wouldn't they would only have three or four baptisms a year or they'd wait till good Friday, uh, Friday of Thanksgiving week and baptize 50 people. And it used to drive me nuts because I'm reading all this literature <laughs> about, you know, getting the person baptized within days and getting them going and getting them model and modeling to them. And, you know, and, and all this, and I'm saying by the time we baptize them, they've already lost half of their energy you know i mean this isn't right we should have a new believers class that restarts every sunday so that the people can get fed into it now they're they're trying they're going to implement a three version series of rooted which may get some of that going and then they're going to start rooted in earnest in september but you know like most churches you know i said hey let me run my guy through rooted you know, as a trial, let us be the guinea pigs. Let's see how it would work. Because I figured if I could get some of my guys liking it, they might want to lead groups. And yeah. Said, no, no, we're we're got we're program. We we don't want to start anything till we kick off in September. Mm. Really? Okay. Okay. Fine. Well, the, this pastor is brand new, and he's he probably was warned about me. <laughs> uh, the uh, told him to make sure your schedule is open so you can help us out. Yeah, so it, this comes along, and I thought, well, why not? Why can't I participate in this and and see how that will go? You know, if the guys don't want to do it, it's, they won't do it. But I, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do it, you know, because I, I want to see how this stuff works. And, uh, well, it, no, it, you know, that's – I want to see how God moves in my life is really what, what I mean by yeah. that. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay. When, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I, I posted the question, how precisely can you identify what you experienced last night? And you ended up talking about the dynamics of your group and what's carried your group to where it is. Um, what, at what point last night did you think, you know, I'd like to try this with my group? What was it? Do you recall what, uh, what we were doing or what led you to that uh, feeling or did you have that idea before you even uh, it? it was when it was when we started going down the questions which okay. doggone it where did those oh oh i see playlists the first time it's in the second line how how yeah. how how unusual yeah. <laughs> oh format Oh, I just just wow. Okay, and there's the questions. When we started going down the questions, you know, the business about well, who are you? That wasn't that wasn't an issue. But when did you see Jesus this week? And how is you know? And then we get to the passage, and then it started reminding me of the discovery Bible studies, and where do I need uh-huh. less of me and more of Jesus? Uh, start and then and then uh, when when we talked about let's see was it when we broke into our small groups and I I talked about letting the net down and uh, what grace do we need to grow close? I just started seeing some of the different guys 
in my group say, mm. huh, I, I could like Steve, Steve, when we have prayer requests, he always brings up this guy that he's known forever. Who's especially resistant to the gospel. The guy just doesn't care. I mean, he's not hostile, but Steve has this heart for talking to this guy. Steve has, Steve has some inherent discipleship evangelism in him as a guy who came as an adult veteran to Jesus that I, uh, no one is really, no one has really seen, I don't think. Yeah. And, and I just thought, you know, what if during this process, Steve said, hey, guys, let's pray for 15 minutes about me talking to so-and-so this week. Mm-hmm. And we did it. And he talked to, what if at the end of the six weeks, this guy was coming to come into the, to our Bible study or, or Dell, Dell was, uh, he's an industrial arts teacher, uh, carpenter. Uh, he was a practical missionary in Liberia. He was with involved with YWAM and different things. He built things and, and, you know, he really, discount himself with regards to uh, preaching and teaching and stuff. And yet he is really gifted and, and I, and he and I've gotten to be close friends and, you know, I draw things out, you know, and he, he appreciates that. What if, what if Dell started saying, you know, I could do this. And what if, mm. what if uh, the, the other uh, Jack who was in Chad for his whole career as a printer and he mm. is so quiet you can't imagine him talking to somebody about the Lord. But I will use examples in the Bible study, and I say, well, look, imagine this. Here's this thing that we have to deal, you know, that you could deal with. And it's like Jack sitting out under the tree on a hot day with his workers, one of whom isn't a Christian, and he and, and Jack is just talking about some small seeming disconnected behavior that's related to a biblical principle and that before you know it they're chatting about it and jack's eyes gets real big and he goes yeah you know i did that and and so i you know i'm trying to say you know who can you be jesus to this week let's let's try and not make it scary let's try and make it just just be ourselves just talk and uh you know, and I love the I like and I wonder because I, I, I wonder is such a great word because then it, we can take that. And, you know, I wonder what it would be like to, you know, we had Steve's example. I wonder if anybody else have anybody like that in our lives. It might be a good idea for us to start praying if no one comes to mind for that person. Or if, if, there, if people come to mind and we reject it as too, too intense or scary that, Let's just carry that on. I'm not going to ask you guys to say who it is or anything. This isn't about, you know, us making you, you know, feel so bad you're never going to come to the Bible study anymore. This is about how to continue to process this in a way that makes sense. And, you know, I mean, that's like, you know, the nugget training with Beyond. I really, I really enjoy that. It's you, you guys should attend it once just for the fun of it. But uh, I've been, I've been to one, yeah. You know, 65, 70 people, you know, and I sat there with my my jaw dropping as I was listening to this this mom in Dallas, Texas, talk about how she took one of the concepts and happened to chat with her with her housekeeper about it. And her housekeeper was real interested. And it came out that, oh, you know, I've got a couple family members that need to hear this. And well, would you like me to come over some? Would you be willing to come over sometime? Yes, I would. You know, and and, and I was just going. This is what this is what needs to happen. We got to quit saying this is what happens overseas. We got to. This is what can happen this afternoon or this evening. Yeah, because people are going to ah. want to talk about that. That reminds me of something I want to ask you. Uh, whenever you finish. Well, you know, so I mean that you said that's precise, and I don't know. That's as precise as I can get. It just was yeah, starting yeah, to yeah. hear the Holy Spirit saying, "You could do this. You you right. you could you know you could you could do you could see how this would play with these guys, and even if it didn't result in 
a whole bunch of things, it might move them a little bit farther along where they are from where they are. And that's right. that, yeah. that, that, you know, so, uh, you know, that's why I, I was facetious when I said, Robbie, you know, I, I really don't have the time to plant a church in the next six weeks, <laughs> but that's yeah. one of the, yeah. the one of the things that the Nuggets next step training wants you to do, they actually want you to do to start actually trying to get a Bible study going. And, and which isn't bad because their model is they're looking for people who are willing to step out then they get continuing in. So, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. so ask me, Ernie. Oh yeah. So that was actually to that point as well is uh, I think it was point, uh, uh, three was the idea of a chat circle. Do you guys already have some sort of uh, email list or no, you know, text check? No. Between you guys? Okay. So this is the no. thing that uh, this, this is the dirty little secret I need to tell you. Okay. The weekly meetings by themselves, uh, they're cool. They're innovative in some interesting ways, but they're really just another Bible study. If you just use it as that and people don't do anything during the week, the magic happens for me between the sessions. And as Robbie and I have been processing it together, and we'll hopefully see that happening on the group list, is where people can start saying, oh, by the way, I just talked to this. Uh, there, there's a, I don't know if you see any of the studies or the anecdotes around this, but I heard someone say, like, like in a 12-step group, when people exchange mm-hmm. phone numbers and start texting each other, their retention mm-hmm. rates, their effectiveness rate, sobriety rate just goes up order of magnitude. And yeah. actually, one of the key technical things that led me into this particular uh, incarnation was trying to make it easier to set up ad hoc chat groups with people who don't necessarily trust each other. And mm-hmm. so uh, I discovered we, we ended up with GroupMe and I have a backend system for managing that. And I think that actually to me is actually more, because uh, two things happen. One is uh, people start sharing their lives on a regular basis and you just mm-hmm. need one or two guys who get excited about it. And then suddenly everyone mm-hmm. else says, wow, right? It creates that uh shared hunger for things to happen and but the second thing that happens and this is the 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 hard imploding piece when you start dealing with real people and real problems things can get to coin a phrase real weird and Mm -hmm. you know is that you can maintain a facade for 90 minutes or three hours on a sunday morning but if you start sharing real life with people, you will start discovering things about people that sometimes you'd rather wish you didn't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and what we discover, what I've discovered, at least in my experience, it seems to happen to me all the time. I don't know if it happens to other people. Is most people have a great deal of buried pain mm-hmm. that they don't think anybody cares about, wants to know about, or can help with. And when I discover that pain and that ugliness, I am tempted to think they're right because I don't want to know about it or deal with it or think I can help it. And for me, the whole journey of this has been saying, um, but Jesus, does Jesus know? Does Jesus care? And can Jesus help? And if he does, then I can. And, you know, um, you know, Robbie, I even the last 24 hours have been dealing with some of that. Uh, we did with, you know, every couple of weeks we deal with that, at, if not on an ongoing basis, on the Great Reset. And the thing right. to me that really makes this work um, is, is, is not the starter who runs the group, uh, you know, because like, the goal is to make that perfectly fungible so that anybody can do that. It's the host who says, I invite you together. And I was thinking about that because uh, the word host is a wonderful phrase. Uh, it has a concept of a host or a hostess at a party, right? Someone who's there to make sure everyone's getting along and uh, enjoying themselves. It has a sense of a server in, in our modern world, you know, where you're hosting mm-hmm. an app, hosting an event. Mm-hmm. But more anciently, it has the concept of communion, uh, mm-hmm. the Eucharist, which is, you know, I, I actually made that point number one um, after, you know, being kind of dismissive of the community for many years, I've kind of gone back to, no, I think this is the thing we need to do in a certain way mm-hmm. to really bring unity to the body of Christ. Because when you start saying, you know, let's share what we hear the Spirit saying to us, let's share our sins and confess them together, um, it binds us together with Jesus and each other in a really powerful way. But uh, R- Robbie's still skeptical of this. But I told him that the way this works is that you are hosting these people and you're saying, my goal is to love you 
the way Jesus loves me. And there are times when it really feels like they are eating my body and drinking my blood because I don't want to deal with their pain and their problems. I want to say, no, that's your fault. That's your problem. You go deal with it. And to have to say instead, you are right. Um, I don't know how to deal with this either, but I have the courage and the faith. I don't have the courage. I've got a mustard seed of faith that says Jesus can deal with this. And you go to the cross for them before they're willing to come to the cross themselves. And that's what happens uh, when, and, and that to me is the goal, is, is to really learn what it means to love people enough to go to the cross for them. And, if, and it's really hard to get to that place. Uh, and it's really excruciating once you get to that place. But that is when I have seen miracles occur. Well, it's interesting how you've, uh, this little uh, narrative that you just, just gave me. I think one of the, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a licensed psychologist. I've spent my whole uh, life diagnosing and treating mental illness. And um, one of the scars I bear from that is a uh, real approach avoidance to addressing people's emotional life outside of the therapeutic process because I would go, I, I can't, uh, I remember one time 30 years ago, I was traumatized because somebody came to me and said, Hey Brent, there's this person, person acting crazy in the parlor. Can you go, you, can, go take care of them. And, you know, here I am with my wife, two little kids and it's Sunday and I'm there to take care of myself. And I don't want to diagnose and treat anybody and have to hospitalize anybody because I don't like to do that. And I don't want to do that. And I was, I was, I, you know, I remember saying, go find the pastor. That's what they're here for, you know? And, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I always, you know, I, I always said, uh, I'm very uncomfortable around people who, uh, you know, cause I mean, I, I, my whole life people find out who I am and then you start, they start nosing around and then they start asking for help. And, and I, I said, look, my, my practice life is there is over there. Uh, I don't want to be your therapist. And, and, and I think one of the main reasons I became a pastor right now is that I don't want to be anybody's therapist. I want to be their pastor and I want to sit with them wherever they are. And I don't want to be, be uh, fearful of, where it's going to turn. I want to see how, you know, and since I've been taking that attitude, I'm, I'm much more, much more freer. And, you know, I still will give limits. I mean, maybe I have more limits than you have, Ernie, but, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know as things come up, you know, I might say, I'll, yeah, I'll go to the cross with you, but that, but uh, after the cross, we're going to figure out how to start doing some other things too. So. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, and by the way, you know, and, and, I, you know I, I hear, yeah, by the way, I hear you. Now, one of the reasons why DBJ is structured the way it is, where mm -hmm. you know, because you have ongoing things, like like I said, I'm not sure if this is going to work for you, but the way it works for us is uh, uh, you have seven weeks. And yeah. It's not this open-ended command. Like, for like for these seven weeks, I'm going to go on this journey with you, and yeah. wherever Jesus yeah, goes, it. I'm going to follow. And you know, and you know, for these and people, you know, seven, twelve, thirteen. You know, for these seven weeks, I, my commitment, and, you know, maybe someday uh, I'll figure out how to formalize this once I can articulate better, you know, as the guy before, I, uh, you know, first I obey, then I understand, and then I'm able to explain it. So, right, I'm still in the obedience phase and starting an understanding and can't really explain it very well, but sure. that's the thing that I want to see happen is to get ourselves in this crucible where we have to be just, and then... The understanding is that, like, you know, the goal is that I'm going to take care of you. The goal is that I'm going to get to Jesus in a way that I can bring you to Jesus. And then, then yeah. it's between you and Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. The hard, see, the hard truth, yeah. one, one last point, though. The hard truth I've realized, and it pains me to say this, our churches are filled with people who deeply and sincerely believe that Jesus loves them. But I'm starting to realize are mostly clueless about how Jesus loves them. Mm -hmm. And the only, and I have an argument with God, and uh, I plan to turn this into a stand-up comedy routine someday, 
and works that are on Zoom. But I basically say, God, you know, I have all these great ideas for fixing things. What do you expect me to do? And I raise out my arm. I look to my left, I look to my right, and I go, oh, right? <laughs> uh, you know, there's something, uh, the, 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 the startup is like, you know, God, this idea of dying to yourself or no greater love as any man in this to die for his friends. And the, the reason that we don't do this is if you do it wrong, it is worse than useless, right? Mm-hmm. It can be codependency, it can be burnout. Like there's lots of really bad, ugly, horrible, stupid, foolish, satanic ways to die to yourself. Mm-hmm. The sort of thing you want to mess around with. On the other hand, it is also the absolutely central, most important thing about being uh, a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and like, this, this, is the, this is the thing I said, like, uh, the, the, my previous YouTube channel when I did my startup was Awesome Stuff Badly. And the whole point of this exercise is I would rather do something awesome badly than do something unimportant exceptionally well. And to me, the most awesome thing we can do is take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. And that is what I, this, this is what DBJ is all about. That is yeah. the thing that I'm trying to create. And that is the circumstances. And like seven weeks, some of these people I may never be in a group with again, never see again. Some of them may turn into lifelong friends like you, perhaps would be awesome. Uh-huh. But, you know, but for these seven weeks, I'm saying yeah. I'm here for you, Jesus. And whatever these people well, that's, need, that's really helpful. To yeah. drop is what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, if not triumphantly, then somehow. <laughs> what my mentor used to say. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, you know, I think, it, uh, it, I, I think, I think the freedom that I feel is that, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't have to enter into a, a, a clinical contract with any of these people, but I think one of the struggles that I have with the church, as we increasingly seek to make mental health or actually mental illness less stigmatized, is that we've we've done. We've gone the other way. We've put it now even into a bigger box. And that says that we've got all these, this mental illness in the church and we've got to treat it. And we've got to treat it like mental illness. And we've got to have, we've got to, people get, have to get counseling. So pastors in Fresno who used to despise me 30 years ago, you know, well, I, I guess I'm going to have to refer to you, but I, I, don't, I don't trust you. Now the pastors are in effect saying, I don't, I don't counsel people anymore. I don't, I don't have time for it. I don't want to deal with it. I want to, I just refer everybody. And I go, uh Oh, because there, there's not enough therapists to go around. I don't think that's a biblical model. I think that people need to get healing in community. And, and I think a mental illness model is not a model to emulate in the church. Now, uh, excuse me while I get canceled from all my Christian mental health industry colleagues. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, Hey, you know, guys, uh, we don't need to keep reaffirming that this person is schizophrenic and autistic. We need to find out if does he feel close to Jesus today. Can we help him feel close to Jesus t- tomorrow? Can we help him discover ways that he might be find himself, you know, that's that's the the issue the issue does he have a diagnosis well yeah he's got diabetes and he's got high blood pressure so what it doesn't make any difference you know does he talk funny or is he inappropriate at times yeah but if he's learning uh and takes direction and he's not threatening or violent uh he's in the same league as us you know so anyway Sorry, right, I'll also, find you that are, if, No, that's, that's fine. If you, uh, it's fine, I'll try it on a higher soapbox. Uh, I have yeah. this really crazy, radical notion that, you know, uh, gets me into trouble all over the place, uh, um, which is that, you know, what if, what if our real problem, like there are, there, are, there are many problems in the world, right? There is poverty, there is biological dysfunction, psychological dysfunction, whatever. But what if... What if our real problem was sin? And what yeah. if the main thing that Jesus came to do? Uh, I, I had a, uh, I was supposed to give a sermon one Easter, and my son was playing uh, Easter egg trivia that my grandparents had taught him. And he asked me to write down 
questions and Bible verses or you know, Bible questions to put into the Easter eggs. And the sermon topic I had been given was, why did Christ die? And I don't know what to say about it, so I just wrote it down on a piece of paper, shoved it in the egg. My son, who was like six years old, and told him to uh, go away and, you know, do the egg. And he found the question, egg, and he pulled it up, read the question, said, why did Christ die? He looked at me and said, to kill sin? And I thought about it and said, dang, that is the best three-syllable answer I've ever heard to that question. Possibly the best answer I've ever heard. And it's like, that's the thing I want to do is that people have all sorts of problems and they're very real yeah. and they require medicine and therapy and job training and all sorts of things. But at the root of it, I am convinced the reason why it's hard to solve all those other things is sin. It is the fact that we are trying to protect ourselves rather than deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus. And if we can do that one thing better of helping people learn and see and experience and sharing what it means uh, to see Jesus actually kill sin, not cover up sin, not manage sin, but actually kill sin, deal with the root causes. I break it up into sort of information techniques and values. And information things are easy to solve. Uh, technique things take a lot of energy and hard work, but they can be solved with deliberate practice. But values things, when they interfere with our identity, can thwart all the best techniques and all the best information. And the only thing I've ever found that can cure a value issue tied to identity is the cross of Christ. Yeah. So I figure we start there. And if we, the church, can get that part right, uh, the rest of the world can solve the rest of it. And if we don't get this part right, the rest of it may not matter very much. Yeah. So if unless we're out of time, I wanted to toss in what for me was the big insight uh, that I experienced through the paradigm shift or whatever today. Uh, is this a good moment? Sure. <clears throat> for me. <clears throat> so it's looking. Your, it's your time. Yeah. Well, looking back at uh, the way that I've approached discovery study up until today, I have felt responsible to manage the process to achieve the outcome of obedience. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I today somehow in the midst of doing this, I think God uh, rescued me uh, and allowed me to shift my attention to simply serving the group and letting him be responsible for the process and the outcome. Uh, I suddenly became aware, self-aware, that in the dynamics when I've tried to do this at home, <clears throat> I have presented a process I wanted to try, and then I've kept prompting uh, family members whenever they deviated from what I had tried to describe uh, back onto the path that I was trying to keep them on. <clears throat> Excuse me, and by uh, by the grace of God, I was able with the group today not to do that and to uh, simply let awkward pauses happen and let people, uh, you know, finish the thought they were saying. And then in the awkward silence that follows, they, oh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do next. Or maybe they ask, what was I supposed to do next? Um, but um, somehow it felt very different for me, and it gives me hope that uh, – once my family recovers from the sunburn or whatever analogy you want to use of, you know, decades of conditioning um, by a perfectionist with how we have to work very hard to do things the right way, that um, maybe things can be different here in my home. And for me, that's a, a metric that for somebody like Brent to say, there's something here that I want to try out. I would love to, uh, See every person who's participating in this say, you know, I know this is only seven weeks, but I want, I have what I've learned here. I want to apply in some group that I have a long-term relationship with, whether it's a household, whether it's a, um, and hopefully get to the lost at some point. Um, I'm at a place where until I see this work better in my home and my home relationships or until Jesus is clear to me, 
I guess what I what I'm feeling for actually the last couple of years is that um, when I stand before this is the way that I've received it when I stand before Jesus he's not going to be as concerned with how well I love the whole wor world as how well I love those he put in my household <clears throat> and um, a few weeks ago I came to a sense of revelation that I've always read Matthew 633 <clears throat> Matthew 633 seek first God's kingdom as meaning be concerned first for the unreached and now frontier people groups um, and that that was backwards that the kingdom of God is among us and that if I where it's not manifest in my household I can't ignore that while I go rescue the rest of the world um, but for me the uh, the just loosening up and not trying to control the process to determine the outcome but simply to show up and let the Holy Spirit work for me was a big paradigm shift today. Wow. That's Thank powerful. you, Robbie. That is, that is fantastic. Yeah, and, and that is precisely becoming a host. You are concerned about the relationships mm -hmm. and people's experience rather than being a manager concerned about validating the program, validating the speaker. Uh, I mean, I get wrestled with all those things all the time. And um, so that is. That I think is of all the. All, all the guidance I've had received in the past about facilitating has been hurting and managing. Um, mm -hmm. But it suddenly, I, the revelation was that is devaluing the people when I'm prodding them and I'm, uh, you know, trying to steer the thing. That uh, that is a, um, a subtle form of criticism that contributes mm -hmm. to it being unsafe. That takes away from the uh, the freedom for them to hear from Jesus uh, that I'm trying to create, right? Yeah, and for me, it really is expressed as, I know what's right, you don't, I need to make you like me. Mm -hmm. And I am yep. uh, proud of myself for staying out of Robbie's session, letting him make his own mistakes and have his own successes and his own epiphanies. And I learned so much from him right. about things to do right that uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have uh, if I had given him advice about how to do it my way. And so we look forward right. to you doing it your way, Brent, and all the things you yeah. can learn, even if it's not on video. I got to go run. My son actually wants yep. to do something not involving a computer, and this is a remarkable epiphany. Um, okay. Well, and uh, uh, you guys are welcome to keep talking. Um, maybe if I can just pray for us real quick, and then you can either go or Yeah, say, I'm going I'm oh, to have last... to go too, but you close us, okay. close us in prayer, Brent. Okay, last question. Yep. Are you comfortable with us putting this on the podcast, or did you touch on some stuff? It's better to keep private. Brent? I'm trying to think of what I said. You talked about the names of some of your people at your church. That was the only thing. Well, I didn't name the church. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I used first names only, but I did describe yeah. people. But I didn't describe yeah. them in a critical way. I described them in what I saw as hopeful signs for them, which yeah. I told them yeah. before. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Great. Thank you. God, I just thank you for Brent, Lord, and I pray, Lord, he has served you so faithfully for so many years, wandering in the wilderness and the desert, speaking truth that nobody wanted to hear. And even now, uh, Lord, he is, well, I see the depths of his heart and, and the, the towering foundation that he has built on the word of God. Uh, but I also see the burdens he bears. And Lord, so more than anything else, I pray that Brent would understand in a much deeper way than he ever knew before just how much Jesus loves him and how he is, um, as I like to say, far more beautiful and far more broken than he dares imagine. And that there is a healing he's going to experience over the next six weeks that's going to lift him to new heights of peace and joy and contentment and a deep presence in his closest and most important relationships, including maybe one or two that, that seemed broken or lost. And Lord, I just pray that we would deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow you. Because you know, if we can just do that a little bit better than we've done before, and if we can learn from each other that all these things uh, re revival in the church, reaching the lost, 
uh, will be added to us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 While you're praying, Bernie, I did. The the one part, if you could get out and take out, is the stuff where I was talking about leaving psychology and, and, you know, that, that stuff. Yeah, you know, and stuff like that. I that that I don't I don't want in there just because it's, it's misunderstood. Yeah, no, that's 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 wise. All right, I will crop that okay. out, and we will. I will send you a maybe I'll I'll post it. Um, I'll post it, but not share it. There's like one guy who listens to my podcast, and I'll send you the link before I post it to the group. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. God we'll bless you. Bye. Bless you guys. See you guys. Have a great okay. weekend. Yeah. Bye.